And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, and today we got our regular guest back. It has been a minute. Uh, we've had several other uh, city employees coming through and things of that nature. We got to talk with the ever-dashing, as I described him, Rick Foster, uh, among others. And so we're glad to have you back. Glad to be back. And uh, go ahead. I, I, I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead and introduce yourself, please. I'm Gerard Landry, the mayor of Paradise on Earth. Known to some other folks as Denham Springs, Louisiana, seven and a half miles, square miles. Yes. Of fabulous territory here in the western side of Livingston Parish. Western. Yes. <laughs> Got to make sure we get our sides correct here. Have gotten some feedback on that in the past. I would imagine. <laughs> so uh, today, you know, we're, we're going to play a little catch up, talk a little sure. bit about Fourth of July and some normal business. Uh, we're going to be dealing with something very boring. We're going to be talking about contract language. Oh, I, know, I know it's so exciting. Uh, but we do want to make sure that the folks out there understand uh, y'all had to adjust some language from some flood contracts, correct? Um, as recommended to you by the state. By GOSEP, that's by correct. GOSEP. Mm -hmm. And that would be the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. So let's be brief and get the boring stuff out of the way because then we're going to talk about hot dog eating. All right. Well, that, that's what people want to hear about. <laughs> that's why they're tuning in. So let's go ahead and talk about it was uh, four contracts, I believe. It was four contracts. And just, just so everybody understands, any, any, any monies that we receive from FEMA come from FEMA to the state through GOSEP to us. And, and then for us to apply for and get reimbursement, it goes back to GOSEP through the state and back to FEMA for reimbursement. And it all, it all flows. And there's contract language that are in each of those contracts. And we happen to have four that were outstanding. Uh, a scene of construction, I think, for City Hall, one for the animal shelter, one for City Hall, or I'm sorry, the, uh, uh, the pavilion at the old City Hall location, and some pumps that we're having to do for our sewer and water departments. Contract language, I think it was the bird antitrust amendment had to be uh, in those contracts. So we had to pull them back, insert the proper language, it's boilerplate language. We had to put them all back in, go back to the council, have them all approved, sign them, document them, and send them back through. And, and that's so that we can receive payment. Gotcha. Okay, so. And it was just about solicitation, correct? That is correct. As I understand it, they were trying to make sure that we didn't utilize the federal funds that we had received to try and solicit help to secure more federal funds. It's, uh, you know, FEMA in its uh, regulations and rules can be very cumbersome to, to try and navigate. Sure. I, I, I do understand the thought process in a lot of what they do. Because somewhere along the line, somebody has done something that wasn't ethical. Right. And uh, and so they have to cover their bases as best they can. But boy, it sure makes it difficult for us that just we know what we're doing. We know we're honest and we're trying to do the right thing. And it just gets complicated sometimes. Sure. And I mean, it, it makes, you know, it's kind of interesting talking about soliciting business as government. It, you know, a lot of times you might sit there and think, well, they make it so difficult. Sometimes we have to solicit business, uh, but you don't want to. Uh, you no. know, a lot of times you you go through the process, you advertise for a bid, you take in the bids, you look at them, analyze them, give it a little rubric, decide which one, present it to the council and move on. But unfortunately with FEMA, sometimes it's not exactly. No, sometimes they absolutely make it mandatory that you have three bids. Right. And if, you know, if we use uh, the Livingston Parish News as our uh, newspaper of record, we, we put the bids out there. And not everybody reads the Livingston Parish News. I know it comes as a shock to you. But, <laughs> Absolutely. But, but there are some limitations as to how far uh, you know, your readership is. Uh, and sometimes you may have a vendor that's not even located in the state of Louisiana that we need to get a bid to. Right. So in order to make them as uh, fair as we can, we, we, we follow the state process. 
advertise as we're supposed to. And in some cases, we actually have to call folks and say, look, I've only got one bid. Can you give us one? And, and, and that becomes another whole labor-intensive project. But we do the best that we can to make sure that we get the number of bids that we did and that we follow the law the best way that we know how. Right. Okay. And, 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 you know, FEMA, it's interesting what you said because there, there's been a lot of changes to programs, especially since Katrina. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have become more cumbersome uh, because I guess they just figure on their end it's easier to regulate than it is to seek out these uh, wrongdoers and, and try to fix it uh, from their end proactively. That is, that's the way it surely is, <laughs> seems. So yeah. for those of you who enjoyed the first four minutes of the show, we were talking about contract language. Tons of fun. Let me tell you, I'm sure Miss Stephanie uh, Hewlett at, at the city, that is a city attorney, I'm sure she enjoys all of that. So next, a um, little bit of levity. Y'all did have, or, or the city had, uh, a sort of in conjunction with Le Chien Brewery mm -hmm. right there mm -hmm. on Hummel, um, a bit of a Fourth of July celebration, a hot dog eating contest, among other things. And uh, I, I was told uh, by Mr. David Gray, who was able to make it, that the participation was pretty good. You know, I was absolutely shocked at how many people were there when I got there. Uh, uh, look, the Dunham family and Lachine has done a fabulous job for us here in the city. Uh, it's another uh, avenue for entertainment in the heart of the city, connected to the antique stores, connected to City Hall, connected to the farmer's market. And they're, they're at the right place at the right time and are able to provide a service that we enjoy. Okay. So they've decided that they want to become part of the city celebration for the 4th of July. They had a Duncan booth, uh, Father... Uh, Father Matthew from the Catholic Church, uh, our own building city official, Rick Foster, his wife, uh, several other folks, Police Chief Walmack, all took turns on the Duncan booth. And all of these events were a dollar a throw, and uh, the monies were used for the Denver Springs Animal Shelter to raise funds. I think they raised around $800, which is pretty impressive for one day, right? Right. And, uh, and then, so one of the things that we did was a hot dog eating contest because that's what you do. And Joey, sure. Joey Chestnut was already tied up, I think, in Los Angeles, was not able to come. <laughs> broke, his, <laughs> broke his own record. That's, yes, yeah, 76 hot dogs, as I understand it. Yes. So we had a, a hot dog eating contest between our fire department and our police department. And I, that gets a lot of folks excited because you got first responders taking on first responders. And there's a little bit of ego on both sides. They're the oh, best. Sure. And, and so they, it kind of played off of everything, and it really, really worked out well. So I, I just, uh, I think, like you said, David Gray was there. And, uh, and uh, how I introduced the guys is I gave them all the chance to give us a nickname. One of them actually said, you know, my name is uh, Mike Joey Chestnut Smith. And that's how I introduced him, okay? And they came out to different kinds of music. And it, we just made it a, a whole lot of fun. Sure. But for the record, we had about 915 pounds of firefighter versus 857 pounds of police. So that's, that's a lot of guys up there eating hot dogs. Yes. It, it was four, four, four men on either team. Oh, wow. Okay. And, so. and the, uh, uh, the winner was one of the firefighters had a stand-in. And he had a pinch eater. Okay. <laughs> and that young man ate uh, 11 hot dogs. In 10 minutes? 10 minutes. They had 10 minutes. They, they were given a tray of 12, and uh, they had trays of two to keep pumping it into them if they needed it, right? Uh, unfortunately, the, 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 the small man uh, on, the, on the list was, was one of our smaller guys, and he, he ate two. <laughs> and when I asked Quite him, a spread. Quite a spread from two to 11. I think the firefighters took in 31 total hot dogs, and the police was like 25 or 26. But the thing is, everybody had a great time. Sure. Uh, and now the competition is on for next year. Oh, yeah. Now they're, they're already talking smack as we talk right now, as we oh, speak right now. Oh, so. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see you next July 4th. And uh, the, so, but the place, uh, the, the entire uh, serving counter inside, 
the uh, entire outdoor area. I, it, can I, it was just absolutely packed. It was really a fun time to, uh, to be had. Lots of kids, lots of dogs. Oh, my goodness. Everybody just had a great time. Right. And, uh, of course, it was nice and warm. Which it should be for the 4th of July, yes, right? Yes, it should. Yeah. And it rained later in the day. It did, right after all the events, and that's, that was good. Yeah. And then right at 3 o'clock, exactly at 3 o'clock when it was time to start, guess what happens? Train rolls through town. <laughs> so we had to wait five minutes for that to, got, to got clear. Got a little extra background noise, huh? But, but the kids loved it because the kids all run to the fence, and there's a little misting system if so they can stay cool and watch the, watch the train come by. So. Oh, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, we had fun. So uh, getting back into business, we got... Uh, Two things to talk about. It's going to be a pretty quick show today. Um, slow time during the summer. That's right. <clears throat> With regard to uh, the new HUD housing mm -hmm. that is going through the Dem Springs Housing Authority and Fred Banks, uh, y'all are working through that process mm -hmm. uh, to annex some land on the other side of Thompson Funeral Home. Correct. And at, that, at this point, it's in y'all's ballpark, correct? Or it's on y'all's court. That's correct. The, uh, the the total size of the piece of property is 28 acres, give or take a couple of feet, right? About eight or nine of it is already in the city limits. And so when Fred went out to purchase the rest of it, uh, in order for it to be a part of the Denver Springs Housing Authority, it had to be inside the city limits. So it made sense for us to just annex that piece of property, which was 19 and a half acres or so. And so that process is, uh, we've already uh, gone through the parish. Uh, it took us 45 days to get the notification and uh, the parish's uh, acceptance of us uh, annexing a piece of property in. Uh, we've already advertised, put signs out, and had a public hearing. And it was before the Planning and Zoning uh, Commission this past Monday, and, and they passed it unanimously. So we immediately lifted the agenda on Tuesday, the next day, for the council meeting so that we could advertise for the next step, which is the uh, uh, public hearing for the same piece of property. And if it's, uh, I think it's August the 10th, okay. uh, it'll be notified uh, in the paper. We'll have a signage out there on the piece of property. So we'll have another public, uh, a chance for another, for the public to come talk about it, ask questions, and then the council will vote on what they need to do. So that process is moving right along. Yes. You also lifted the agenda for another item. Uh, uh, some, I guess you can say hurricane preventative measures actually turned out to be a better deal, uh, which sometimes you figure out when you go through these steps to buy them as opposed to what y'all were doing was renting. So uh, give us a little bit of walkthrough on that one. So <clears throat> what most people don't understand about, uh, about uh, uh, sewage and sewer, sewer plants, uh, gravity is your friend. You want everything to flow downhill, but there comes a time when you actually have to have lift stations, and it picks it up and it carries it further down the line until it finally gets to the plant itself. Sure. Uh, when the system works like it's supposed to on a nice sunny day like today, you don't have any issues because you have power at those facilities, at those lift stations. So when the pump needs to kick on, it's got power and it can do what it needs to do. The problem happens like when we had the flood or you have a hurricane and you have widespread power outages, then it makes it very difficult for us to maintain the flow. Sure. So uh, we've had pumps in the past. Uh, we've had four pumps since the system was put together. I'm just guessing 10, 12 years ago, um, maybe a little, uh, give or take. Yeah. And uh, so those four pumps are now in disrepair. They are physically in the shop being repaired. Uh, we, it looks like we're going to be able to scavenge enough parts off of three to have one good, one, one good pump. Now, you ask, what are these pumps for? They are diesel generators. I mean, they are diesel pumps, diesel-powered pumps that are put in place at strategic locations so that when the power is out like it was for the flood or for an extended period because of a hurricane, we can fire those diesel pumps up and everybody has 
the ability to use our restrooms in their home. Gotcha. It's, it's one of those systems that people really just, it just, it's behind the scenes. Nobody pays attention to it. I can assure you, uh, you know, six years ago, I had no idea what we were talking about. Uh, I know more about them now than I've ever cared to know. Sure. And especially with FEMA terminology as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So what we did on the agenda, we lifted the agenda because our, our B.J. Clark, who is our uh, plant supervisor and uh, wastewater treatment uh, supervisor, uh, in his budget, he had uh, three pumps already in his capital request for the physical year that just started July 1. Uh, but because of the breakdown, he asked if he could list, lift the agenda so that we could add them uh, to... Uh, to go out to bid. Uh, normally, we have to wait another two weeks, but he felt like, you know what, we don't know what's going to happen with the next hurricane, where it's going to come from, and when it's going to happen. So he wanted to go out to bid just as soon as we, as we could. So we lifted the agenda and added those pumps. Uh, the original request was for $105,000. He's going to bump it up to $140,000, which will allow him to get four. Right. Uh, he has the funds in his budget. The extra 35000 is just going to come from another line item that he has. He may not get an extra truck or, or whatever it was that he was looking for, but he felt like the priorities uh, for this pump are needed, and he wanted to get it now. Now, does it make sense to do it? You're all going well. Uh, I just did a, uh, before I left this morning, I had the girls get me a, a report that showed how much have we spent on diesel pumps, because we rent them right? Uh, when we need them for hurricanes, and they're hard to come by. You Sometimes you have to rent them and pay for them before the storm ever gets here, and if the storm doesn't get here, Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was, yeah. So good to be uh, prepared. Good to be prepared is right. So the cost of that just in the last year was $83,000. Just to rent them. Just to rent them. So, you know what? If we had those other ones for 10, 12 years and we can avoid having to rent them, it just makes good, plain sense. It's a good business decision for the city. Sure. Okay. Well, um, and of course, y'all will put that. I, we were already talking about bids earlier. Y'all yeah. are going through the bid process. Yes. And, um, it, it it sounds like that's a pretty quick ROI on that one. Uh, I, I used to, one of the old words I used to use. That's a that's a no brainer. Right. We just we just have to do it. Right. Right. So, uh, so anyways, I wasn't prepared last night with all the facts, and I apologize for that to the council. But uh, you know they had their information within twenty four hours, and we're going forward. Right. So last but certainly not least, uh, we've had a lot of rains mm. lately. Um, some of the hot spots that we used to have aren't so hot anymore. Not too bad. We've been very fortunate. You know, we didn't, like I said, last time we spoke, I think we did not get the amount of rain that Baton Rouge did in some areas. Oh, that yes, but, that one. But Lord knows we've had enough of our fair share. Uh, we've been steadily working. I don't know if you've noticed, but if you go down to Centerville, the uh, uh, Long Branch, uh, the Long Slash, Long Branch Slash uh, ditch is now being worked on. Right. On both ends by gravity drainage. Unfortunately, we're going to have to take down a few fences in some people's backyards, but they've been contacted, notified, and and we're going to continue with that work as well. Sure. So just want to remind folks as well that with the heavy rains, you know, try to keep your ditches clean, try to pick up that trash. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about it before. Uh, volleyballs, basketballs, boxes, you know, they block up those drains. And, and, and unfortunately, in the past, they flooded homes. Well, if you know, if you look at the, what's going on in East, East Baton Rouge Paris, now they have this boom that they spent, I don't know, 15000 They got $15,000 worth of donations to put these booms out here on the Blue Bonnet Swamp, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And they've collected tons of garbage. Yes. Now they're having a discussion on how they're going to get it out of there. Right. But, you know, it's it looks like household garbage is what it looks like to me. So if everybody had just done a little bit of work, they might have been able to avoid some of that as well. Sure. And then you see other parts where there's people out now with their own chainsaws and their own weed eaters cleaning out these massive ditches. Right. Now, I, I'm not necessarily excited about our folks doing that. Let, let the professionals do that for us. But if everybody could just contribute a little bit of effort, boy, it would sure go a long way. 
Well, sir, it was good to have you back. Glad to be back. Here in the booth, if you want to introduce yourself, we'd appreciate it. Gerard Landry, the mayor of the city of Denham Springs. Seven and a half square miles. Seven and a half square miles. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us uh, for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. Glad to have Mr. Gerard back in the booth. Uh, maybe we'll have him next time. Maybe it'll be somebody else. You know, maybe BJ Clark will be here. We can walk through step by step what it's like to work at these wastewater treatment plant. That'd be tons of fun. Probably most listened to. Probably the grossest as well. Uh, <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> Want to remind folks that we are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week imprint on Thursdays at seven dollars a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online www.livingstonparishnews.com. We appreciate you joining us, and we will see you guys next time.